<laughs> well, that was we're gonna speak in you know, the same time. The, at the, we're gonna say all we're the things. We're so balanced. In yeah. <laughs> this is working. This is working. Hi, welcome to Hags. Hey, hey. This is balanced. A very balanced episode. Super balanced. Yeah. Actor, writer, producer, and director Julia Max is in the studio to discuss deer saliva. Whoop. Enth- <laughs> enthusiasm. Whoop. <laughs> Best intro ever. Alex hates me for screaming into the microphone. <laughs> Creating art with a message. Important. And manhandling. Not important. Not. Don't. Cool. Do it. But first, Riley is going to take it away with our boss ass bitch of the week. This week's boss ass bitches are the Akashinga. The Akashinga, which means the brave ones in a local dialect are an all-female armed anti-poaching unit located in the lower Zambezi Valley of Zimbabwe. This area used to be a trophy hunting reserve, but now it is being reclaimed to help protect one of Africa's largest elephant populations. Damien Mander formed the Akashinga, and his decision to form an all-female team was a no-brainer. Quote, Historically, we'd have to recruit rangers from around the country to come in and protect an area like this, so they're not influenced by the people that they grew up with in the local community. Women just don't seem to be corruptible in that aspect, said Mander. I did a selection course for 189 men about six or seven years ago. At the end of day one, we had three left. At the end of day three with these women, only three had pulled off. Many of the Akashinga have survived abuse or are single mothers. Hoto, a member, spoke about her former abusive husband, saying, quote, The marriage lifetime with him was a tough time because I just saw all my goals being shattered down. I just wanted to prove it, that no job is meant just for men, and I hope I have already proven it. When asked about what other men think of the work they do, Vimbai, one of the top Akashinga rangers, laughed, saying, They just think we cannot do it. They are totally wrong. The poachers who are being targeted by the Akashinga are often heavily armed, very dangerous men. On top of this, the men are sometimes members of the same village as the women in the Akashinga. Recently, the Akashinga tracked down four men with outstanding warrants in a bushmeat poaching syndicate, one of whom was also wanted for elephant poaching. These arrests have also helped authorities target poachers who use or deal cyanide, which has been used to poison hundreds of elephants in the recent past. As of May 17, 2018, they have racked up over 42 arrests, leading to sentences of up to nine years. Clearly, the Akashinga are some boss-ass bitches. Oh, hags! Hags! Oh. Hags! He wants to make sure everyone's microphone's turned on. Wouldn't it be great if, like, we recorded an entire episode, but one of us just always sounded really far away and echoey because their <laughs> mic wasn't working and they were just residually picked up by the other mics? I'd be okay with it. Great. I think it would be a very interesting episode. Just to like mess with people's minds a little bit mm-hmm. and then never mm-hmm. explain it. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah that feels like, on oh, brand for us. I didn't have that problem. I don't know what that is. Um, oh, jeez. Hey, it's just Julia. Their speakers. Hello. Welcome to the Hag Studio. Thank you for having me. Guys. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for being on time. <laughs> I wasn't. That's what I'm implying. No, Nicole is very hung up on this. I, it's, you know, it's my biggest thing. It's the thing that Alex and I fight over more than anything else is being on time. Interesting. Because he's consistently 15, 20 minutes. Oh, right. Just like, "Eh." and I'm like, get there now. So, like, (laughs) 
Um, it's weird that he was here on time and I was not, I feel. Um, but it's not the Hollywood way to be like 15, 20 minutes late. I guess so, but I've never qu- quite subscribed or, <laughs> or literally made it. <laughs> so I don't know what's appropriate and what's not. It's okay. Oh. I'm the nerd that's always early, so you're in good oh. company. Oh, that makes my lateness even worse, but I do love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so much worse being the early bird. I would so much rather be the late one because it makes you like cool. Like I had other things to do, guys. No, I had to shout at police That's officers. Sweet, but it definitely does not make you the cool one. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean though, because I've recently started. Like I don't know. In the like, past couple of years, I've started airing on the earlier side, and then you're the one that's like waiting there. Yep, and you're like. <sighs> It's so awkward. You're the one that's obligated to help them put out the tortilla chips, and you don't give a fuck about those tortilla chips, do you? (laughs) You've got to choose where you sit. You have to, like, (laughs) have an extended conversation with people you don't know. That's so true. Or you just, like, wait in the car. (laughs) I've done that. You're just, like, waiting in the car. You're like, I guess I can scroll through my emails again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, our, our, our secret job. Um, I was late to the interview, which, as you know, is yeah. a huge no-no for yes. them, and they almost didn't they hire me. Lock the door because I got there an hour early and <laughs> fell asleep in my car. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that's good. That's Winning. impressive. Good thing you had that ticket, though. I had that. I did have my parking garage ticket, which proved because I was like, I'm. I didn't tell them I fell asleep because I was too embarrassed. I was like, I'm so sorry. I got here an hour early, and I was getting some work done in my car, and I just underestimated the amount of time it would take to walk upstairs. <laughs> Um, and they, they were like, let me see your parking ticket. And I was like, here you go. And it showed that I was there for an hour. You were there. So I was lying, but not about the thing that they checked. And that's what matters. (laughs) That's what winning looks like, baby. But I mean, later I discovered it was because I had narcolepsy. So it really wasn't my fault. Nope. That's That's a legit excuse. But she would not have gotten the job if she'd been like, I have narcolepsy. (laughs) <laughs> they're like okay bye they're forever. like thank you so much please leave we'll let you know no one will ever know what this job is and it makes me laugh because now they're all thinking that we operate heavy machinery julia knew what the job was and then came in and was like what the fuck are you guys talking about and what? i was like it's it and she was like, like wait, oh is it this yeah it's that <laughs> of course we just it make is. it sound so vague it's heavy it's so we drive heavy machinery while making balloon animals it's very Dressed dangerous <laughs> yes. semi-naked yep with our camera. breasts out and someday we'll describe them in full and graphic detail that's right yeah someday and strangers touch you i love the way you describe this job yeah oh yeah cool pretty (laughs) um so today is going to be a very balanced episode i can already tell oh absolutely uh i'm gonna keep talking like this so i don't lose my voice and it's really pleasant sounding. It is. It's you. a radio voice. Yeah. <gasps> Thank Absol- you so much. Absolutely. Should we all talk like this? You know, I find that you when can. podcasters talk like this, I want to stab myself in the fucking eye. <laughs> I agree. Um, so you'll have that feeling for the next <laughs> 50 to who, varied lengths Wait, in the episode. <laughs> what did that? What did they say about us? The blog? There was a great us? blog who reviewed us. It was, and now I'm not even going to remember the name it's of like, it. It's uh, like, bitches get somethings. Yeah. It was like, bitches love podcasts or something. Bitches oh, get riches. Thank you. Yeah. That's okay. exactly what it, it was. It happened at the same moment. Yes. Um, yeah, so they reviewed a bunch of cool podcasts uh, for like summer listening. And they're like, you know, if you're looking for like cool feminist shit, check mm-hmm. out Hags. And each one of them, they have like, if you're looking for blank, listen to this. Yeah. And so it's like all in this structured format. So it's like, here's the name of it. Here's what it's about. Here are like the hosts or whatever. Yeah. Here's the episode duration. And each podcast, it's like episodes are 30 minutes in length. 
45 minutes in length, 60 minutes in length. And then it gets to us and it just says, varies greatly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like wildly, right? Wildly. Wildly, wildly, wildly inconsistent. Wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Which is like yeah. so accurate. Absolutely true. <laughs> extremely yeah. delicious. You Especially gotta keep listeners on their toes. Yeah. 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 It makes yeah. sense. We, we record things that we call minisodes and they're two hours long. Well, they're about The Handmaid's Tale and we have so many I know. Many what do you want feelings. from us? Oh, The Handmaid's Tale. <sighs> so good. I'm, we're still behind. Alex and I haven't watched episodes the ones we're supposed to watch to record. It's fine. We're not going to talk about it today. We're nope. going to talk about it on our mini-sode, which will take four hours. It'll be 17 hours long. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Julia, when I gave you a list of our words, you had a bunch of words that so appealed many words. to you. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's fine. We can do one of them, but we'll figure it out. Is there anyone that like pops out a little more than the others? And you were like, balanced. So let's talk about that. What's the deal with that? What's up with that? Um, I think it's the reason it stood out the most is because it's something that I feel everyone is trying to achieve in their life and mm. we're all failing at. Mm. Mm. Yes, you yes. Know? That feels right. That sits really nice in the belly. Right? And uh, and even like on a personal level as a country, you know, we're yeah. just kind of failing <laughs> at being balanced. So I just, I think it's such an interesting conundrum. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Because it is it is definitely something that like you strive for, but rarely am I like, I am, here I am. Right. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Something you rarely achieve. Alex and I have a mutual friend named Sari who uh, refers to Alex and I as like gentle, balanced people. Um, and it makes me feel like a fucking fraud because I don't really consider myself like <laughs> that's either. That's also because she sees us maybe once a year. Right, right. You're like, for coffee. You have no idea. Yeah. I got coffee with her a couple of days ago and she's just moved back to town from Chicago and she's like going hard at the acting thing. She doesn't have a survival job. And for the first month, she was killing it. She went on like a bajillion auditions and was feeling really good about it. And then she didn't book anything and things started to dry up. And now she's like, how do you live in this town? How and I was just like, whoa. And she was like, see, even that energy. I don't even have that. I don't even have the whoa. And we were just sitting in her car. And I left her and then cried on the couch because I was like, she's right. <laughs> but for some reason, I didn't do that in front of her. I think it's my no crying in front of people rule. That's fine. It's not a great rule. No, but we're all there. I mean, I feel like we all fake being balanced. Totally fine, you know, right? like, like, yeah, I've got life under control. <laughs> but like, <laughs> actually does <laughs> yeah or we're like i don't have life under control and i'm fine yeah, but with i'm that. not gonna show that to you i'm just gonna tell you that and then go cry on my couch alone yeah but you know who comes over milo the cat mm. and then he Aww. will lick your tears away which mm. is weird and comforting he balances stuff Very right cute. out yeah oh, so cute i'm also allergic to saliva so it doesn't super work out for me <laughs> interesting i'm very allergic to deer saliva how did you find Very that out? allergic you went to that camp, right? I worked on a ranch. <laughs> we had baby deer. There we go. They are so fucking cute. So and tiny. all they want to do is lick your arms and like suck on your fingers. Because you're so salty. And I was like, please do this all day long. <laughs> or for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I went into the ranch house and I was like, why are my arms ballooning up? And they were like, oh, it's a very common allergy to deer saliva that most people don't know they have. Because why would you? Oh my God, Riley, wow. you could be allergic to any specifics person saliva too i think we should all lick your arms just to find out i mean I you can that. it sucks more for you like why would you want to you lick my arm so salty <laughs> <laughs> i can just wash it off but it's in your mouth mm. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man, you guys. I guess you just need to find that balance between how Mm. much deer saliva you can handle. Yes, I believe the answer is zero. Zero Zero percent. Zero percent deer saliva, which is unfortunate because you guys, they're so cute. They are so cute. So here's the question. Okay, do we think do we think that women and men feel the urge and strive for balance at the same rate? No. Who do no. we think strives or struggles more? I rarely hear men talk, even talk yeah. about balance. Work-life balance, right? Because they just do work and are expected to take care of things in the home? Well, yeah, that's definitely like, I think, the sort of quintessential, somewhat antiquated, like, stereotypical structure definitely. that, like, the women take care of literally everything and the man goes to work and then gets to do whatever the fuck else he wants. And then especially you throw kids into that mix and it gets even more right. <laughs> ridiculous. right. Yeah. Do you agree with that assessment, Mr. Reeves? Uh, yeah, I guess overall, for sure. Yes. I think <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think like <laughs> very profound. In terms of like the people that I know personally, um because I guess and this is a little bit like the LA liberal bubble, but I don't personally know a lot of people that buy into the big the like stereotypes of the capital S that we talk about sometimes. Right. Um so I think I just hear, and again, this is probably like an LA thing, just more women talking about like finding that balance and like self-care and like doing all, you know, and I don't usually hear men talking about that as much. Totally. Just yeah. just like sort of person to person kind of stuff. I think it's harder for men to acknowledge that they don't have things under control. Uh, so it's a lot of like, Nah, it's fine. It's fine. I got this. It's all right. Whatever. Yeah, things suck right now, but it's fine. I got this. But do they got this? No, of course not. But there's definitely more pressure for them to pretend like they have it all mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like women, like we're hysterical, you know, like we're just, we're crazy and emotional creatures. So it's expected for us to be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. But with guys, it's supposed to be like. You're the man. You need to have confidence at all time. Don't show any emotion except for anger and confidence. Right. Exactly. Because that's like <laughs> any like uncertainty is like a weak spot. Exactly. That someone can exploit. But I think I it's mean, something everyone struggles with, especially with work and social life. And now there's so many studies saying that we work so many more hours, but we make so much less money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, how do you find that balance? Yeah, I didn't even think about like the socioeconomic uh, part of that because I think about like my mom was a waitress for 17 years and my dad was a machinist and they bought a house and raised two children. I've also been a waitress for 17 years. (laughs) Everything's fine. Alex owns his own business. He's a businessman. Wow, way to go, Alex. (laughs) Fun fact. And we have two cats and that's it. Well, fun fact. Tell us about Point Blue Studios. It's actually all about balance. Point of Blue is a uh, oh yeah is a technique that one of my favorite cinematographers sort of like strangely worded it because he's French and he doesn't really know how to speak English, uh, but <laughs> he'll like oversaturate uh, a scene or a shot and make it like a whole bunch of red or like just a whole bunch of one color, and then he'll put a point of blue or so, or some other color to like balance it out, give us a point of balance, uh, and so Point of Blue comes from that nice oh, i never knew i figured it was a thing that i didn't understand and it was <laughs> one person <laughs> thought it was she was very confident about it she came and she was one of my clients uh and one of the other producers in the room said 
what does point of blue mean? And she just jumped in. She's like, that's oh, the earth, right? It's a, <laughs> we're a little point of blue, obviously. Aww, I did that. Oh, yeah. that. That's kind of a better. Did you just let her have it? Yeah. Well, no, I like that because it's not like she was. It's not like she's like, oh, it's this technical term that regard like regarding right. film and like whatever, right, whatever. Right. She was just like, oh, this is so obviously what it means yeah. to me. I know. Yeah, it was, it was her, it was her great. beautiful interpretation yeah. of. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. So it could be that too. That instantly reminds me of Phoebe from Friends when she gets the tattoo. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. It's earth. the earth as seen from a great distance. Yes. She just gets a dot. Yep. Yeah. Because it's too painful to get a full lily. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yep. The only thing I remember from Friends is when she is a surrogate and then she whispers, I'm going to keep one. <laughs> and Richard goes, I'm going to be on the news. <laughs> so good. I'm going to sit you down and make you watch all of it. No, I I. It's on my list. I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. I mean, Frasier is that. one of my all-time favorite shows. It's better than that, too. Excuse you. It's a classic. <laughs> Niles is a nerd Have dream. you guys seen the new season of Queer Eye yet? No. Not yet. You guys, it's so good. That's what everyone's it's been saying. List. It's so good. There's a one point, Tan, who's like the fashion guy, asks one of the dudes that they're like making over who his style icon is. And he's like really excited because he always uses that. It's just be like, great, let's take that and like use an element. And this guy says Fraser Crane. And he literally, you just watch him like disintegrate. And like he falls backwards into the closet. And he's like, I can't help him. I can't help him. But Fraser just wears suits and drinks uh, sherry. Really yeah, but this dude's like 30. Oh, yeah. He's too Aww. young. Just put him in, put him in suits. I, suits are like sweater He'll grow vests. Into it. A wide, okay. wide tie. Like suits. It just doesn't. Not quite. That's when he's like, okay, instead of Fraser, what we're going to do is dress you like John Mahoney's character, Fraser's father. Because he just wears cool flannels. There you go. There you go. Very good. <laughs> Somehow he made it work. They always make it work. <laughs> One of our coworkers did jokingly call me homophobic today because I haven't watched any of Queer Eye yet. Interesting. You know I who can it guess is. exactly who it is. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be right. Oh, everybody else loved that joke. Oh, yeah. The most. <laughs> um, one of my Facebook friends said posted something recently that I thought was interesting when I was thinking about the word balanced. She is like this incredible like performance artist, like does all these like installation theater things and like works in Iceland. She's just like one of those very cool people. And she posted something recently about a workshop that she did. And it caught my eye because she was like in a a moment of like intense vulnerability. And I was like, yep, yep. Tell me more Mm -hmm, mm because we love vulnerability. Yes. Um, And so I clicked like read more. (laughs) And and. I guess it it never occurred to me until I read this post that vulnerability can relate to positive things as well as negative things. Oh, I always think of being vulnerable as like revealing something that you're insecure about or that you're sad about or whatever. And she was like, in this moment of vulnerability, she said something along the lines of like, I'm really proud of the woman I'm becoming, which is an incredibly vulnerable thing to say and to share with other people. But in my mind, I was like, holy, it's almost like, on the episode with Jamila when she was talking about giving compliments. Yeah. Yeah. And how like she realized that she never really gives compliments. It's kind of I feel like that same thing of like how much of a gift it is to be vulnerable around somebody. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that applies to when you're feeling shitty, but also it should apply to when you're feeling really great too. Yeah. Like you should for sure share that vulnerability. And like so anyway, I was thinking about the, that sort of balance of like your vulnerability isn't just the, sh- the the things that you're like worried about or feeling shitty about or whatever. It's just like your your inside feelings. 
Yeah, that is a really interesting point. Because I'm not going to lie, the second you said that, I was instantly like, wait, are you allowed to say that about yourself? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, you can you can do that without sounding like egotistical and that's i mean it's a risk you have to really you have to really trust that people will know where you're coming from yeah yeah because if you just like walked outside was like i'm really proud of the woman i'm becoming four people gonna be like fuck off you know (laughs) (laughs) but it's what we all want like we're all trying to grow and like yeah you know Sometimes. I think that goes for for like the sad things too. Like if you were to walk outside mm-hmm. and be like, "The w- everything is so hard," people would be like, off. "Fuck off!" But if you were, if you were to like be like, "Oh my god, I'm just everything feels really hard," to like your good friend, like yeah. that that is that's real. That's yeah. fine. I think it all just depends on like what what's going on. Yeah, I think our 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 society has sort of lost some of that love of vulnerability and 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 experiencing things in the moment because we've gotten so meta and like cynical mm-hmm. that like if anybody has a true emotion the first thing that people go to is to make fun of them and then they're like oh no i feel bad that makes me feel bad i was trying to share something i'm closing it off and now i'm locking it away and whether it was good or bad i'll never talk about it again which sucks and i sort of do try now to actively fight against that because I have been shat on, shat on quite a lot uh, for being enthusiastic about things. Um, people are like, oh my God, what's your deal? In fact, uh, we did a, when I used to do those hot houses, I used to do these like readings for uh, female screenwriters. Um, I was being really enthusiastic uh, to one of the screenwriters' mothers and she asked me if I was on cocaine. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> That's right. She was like, what are you on? Coke? Has to be Coke. And I was like, what? I was complimenting her daughter <laughs> to her, <laughs> and that's how she interpreted it. Oh, my God. I love you so much. <laughs> I get grief for that all the time. Yeah. I'm way too enthusiastic. Yeah. But, you know, the weird thing is I feel like it's it's so much worse when women are enthusiastic. It's seen as so much worse. Right. Because like, if you think, um, did you ever watch the show How I Met Your Mother? No. I've seen some episodes. <laughs> It was really big for a while there, guys. <laughs> um, but anyways, the uh, Neil Patrick Harris was on that. And he plays like this extremely like sexist. It's a horrible character if you think about it. But everyone loved that character because he was so enthusiastic and excited about trying to scam these chicks into sleeping with him. You know, Neil and Patrick he, Harris played that character. Yeah, that's amazing. I think also, that is why it was right. okay because yeah, we all were like, like this he's is not really doing that. <laughs> Yeah, he's not really this doing this. <laughs> but but yeah, I feel when I when I see like directors on set, male directors, like people are like, oh wow, he's so inspiring, you know, when he's being enthusiastic. But I I certainly am not <laughs> treated that way. Right. You have to get I'm down to business and yeah, keep like, make your day. It's bitch. like calm down, okay? Take it down a notch. <sighs> Interesting. Are you like, you're fired? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Now I'm enthusiastic about your ass hitting the bricks, bitch. Nice. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> right on the mark. <laughs> feels good. It feels good. That's a bummer that, yeah, I don't know if I've noticed that on set specifically. I think it's because most of the sets I've been on have been run by men, so I haven't really seen a lot of ladies on set. Well, that's very uh, true. Yeah, I also feel like when you're an actor on set, that there's just people fucking kissing your ass, so... <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah, depending on which part you have. <laughs> I don't know. Even when I have the shit part. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Absolutely. someone's kissing my ass. I'm so glad you're here, Riley. <laughs> yeah. And it feels wor- like that's when you can really tell. I feel like when I've got a good part and people are like, oh, great job. Or like, do you need something? I'm like, that makes a little bit of sense because I've just been like working really hard for a long time and I would like a water. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, but if when you're there to just like say one thing and leave and people are like, you're doing great. Is there anything I can get you? Like, are you OK? Can you let me hold that for you? You're like, OK. <laughs> yes, yes, <Yeah>. and yes. <laughs> no, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I need some water. I'm doing fine. Please just hold my left leg. So Thank tired. You. Thank you. And my right one. Yeah. <laughs> Carry me. <laughs> Can you see the PI being like, oh, God, I asked if there was anything she needed, so I guess I have to do this. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. I really need this job. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, okay. So I'm very physically weak, but I could probably piggyback you. <laughs> Ooh, that's not what I asked oh, for. See again, all about balance. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we don't do that. It's We're not perfect. like that. Um, wait, what question did you ask? Oh, you were asking about men and women mm-hmm. feeling th- that same sort of yeah. thing. I also think that it's just different. Like the the type of balance that women maybe think about or focus on more is just different from the type of balance that men maybe think about and focus on more. Um, maybe in like a practical kind of way. I feel like women are usually, at least the women that I know and talk to are usually more concerned about like making sure they have enough time, uh, you know, like they get outdoors enough or they spend some time like doing something that they enjoy for themselves mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. like those sorts of things. Uh, Whereas, I don't know, I f- almost feel like the guys that I talk to, are, it's usually just like w- worked or not worked. Like, am I working and not working in equal proportions? <laughs> huh. As opposed to like the nuances of like what goes into each element of your well, life or whatever. that is rather hmm. illuminating because that means when they're not working, they're not doing work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like housework, like l- life work. They're like, just chillaxing, bro. Yeah, or that 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 counts as not working. That there's that like the the housework still goes into like the working pile. And oh, then there's interesting. There's like the not working pile. I don't know, Alex. Is, is any of this ringing true? Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm I often am actively like searching for balance, and and mm-hmm. and, and I I'm pretty like you know acutely aware of like when things are out of balance or like if I'm, you know, if I'm falling hard or something like if, if things are like, if I'm spiraling or something like that, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we got a, we got an issue here. Like we got to figure this out. Um, like I'm not, I'm not one to like put things like separate things and ignore them or like push things aside or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you yeah. feel like there are there are like multiple kind of categories that you think about when you think about balance, or is it a little bit of like a, I don't know. You always hear guys be like, "Work hard, play hard." They're sort of like the like you're either like doing it or you're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely don't subscribe to that. I, Absolutely I mean, not. <laughs> yeah. Because like the whole reason I'm trying to do the work is so that I can enjoy my life in mm-hmm. general, and so it's not like. I can only enjoy my life if I'm doing the work or like vice versa or like vice versa. Like I'm just, I'm just doing this so I can finish work and I can play hard or whatever. You know, it's all like, it all is part of the same thing. I like, I want work to be going great and I want my life outside of work to be going great. Mm -hmm. And so those are two separate things that I have to 
constantly be working on. I guess what I'm wondering, though, is this is if it's just two separate things kind of in the way that you think about it. Like, is it two mm. categories or are there a bunch oh, of different categories? Yeah, that's thank you. That's a much better way of putting that. <laughs> like a bunch of different cat. I guess. I don't know. What, what what would be the. Well, like, I mean, others for me personally, it would be like work, um, spending time on things that I'm passionate about, like my writing, mm-hmm. uh, spending time with friends, spending time with a significant other, spending time with your pets, um, exercise, cleaning, like all of those are kind of separate categories that you're just perpetually kind of juggling right as opposed to and again i don't think that it's bad at all and the sort of like work hard play hard is like the the cliche of that but even just being like i want to work so i can enjoy my life Mm -hmm. like those sort of like yin and yang kind of uh view of balance as opposed to being like there are multiple things that all have to i'm kind of imagining now it's like scales versus like a disc on the middle of like a like a like a spinning plate yeah. yeah but but not spinning so like a disc balancing on like a central point and there's like weights all around the edge of the disc so if one of the weights it'll like tip all the other ones so you have to have like all the weights kind yes. of like the same sounds like what we do at our job and <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm just pulling this directly from our <laughs> training handbook um it also sounds like a nightmare but if that feels a little bit more to me, like each one of those weights is like work, spending time with people you love, like exercise, exactly. whatever. You so know, whatever like does that mean that they're all sort of equally weighted then? Well, it's or all about trying to figure multiple. out the right amount so that each none of them are neglected. Yeah, yeah. Like uh-huh. which one needs you to be know? further out on the ring? I don't know if any of you are physics people, but this is making a lot of sense to me. Um, <laughs> if it's like closer to the fulcrum or like further yes. away from the right, fulcrum. Right. <laughs> totally. Right. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, no, I guess I don't. I mean, I guess I, I do kind of split. It. I mean, the life's half, uh, definitely encompasses all of those things. I mean, it, those, those are all things I'm conscious of, of making sure, you know, the non-work stuff is balanced, but, um, no, I definitely, you know, I, I really do see it more of like a binary thing. It's like there's work and then there's mm-hmm. life. And yeah. and I try to combine the two as much as I can, but there's still just two, basically. Two big overarching, you know, things I gotta tackle. How do yeah. you feel? Interesting. Nicole. I feel a little a little of both of those things. Like for me, the word work doesn't mean what I'd rather be doing. It's like my crappy survival jobs. So mm. it's like this mm. sad anvil weight that's always too heavy because yes. I just have to do it in general, <laughs> which is terrible. And then like the rest of the pie uh, is like my career, my writing, my acting, spending time with friends, like petting cats, like as many as possible. Um, all that kind like eating macaroons, going to Disneyland, like all of these things. I do oddly feel a lot of Disneyland pressure because we bought those passes and I'm like, I have to make sure that we get our money's worth on the Disneyland pass. Oh yeah, pass. you have to. Um, so that's a weird stressor. What? Why? That's what I think though. Yeah. I don't think, I think that it's it's stuff where like, it's not necessarily good and bad where like work is work and life is great and like right. it would be nice if you know whatever. It's, it's just that like they all have like a certain amount of weight and sometimes Disneyland does come with like stress. Yeah. But it still has to kind of like, it still like occupies its own space. And then once you throw kids in the mix, I oh feel my God. like... Then the whole thing just topples over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you light it on fire Absolutely. is what you do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like talking to my sister when she works like a full-time job and during which she has to travel sometimes and she has three children, all of them under the age of eight. Oh, uh, and it's like, 
I it's have a lot. no it's idea a lot. how she does that. She uh, <laughs> she is. I talked to her on the way here, and I, we were both very frustrated because we were both stuck in traffic. But she was just like, I wasn't home for my daughter's first birthday because I was traveling in New York for my job. And like, I was like, oh, you okay? And she was like, yep, that's fine. It's just it'll never happen again. <laughs> it's like, okay. All right. Cool. I love you. See, and this is the difficult thing with balance is that like no matter how you balance them, no matter how you juggle them, it always seems to be wrong. Yeah. You know, you never win because if you if you take the time off to go to the kid's birthday, then then you're neglecting work. And how could you do that? You're not taking your career and seriously. You, you know, you won't have money if you get fired. Exactly. And then what's going to happen to your kids? They're going to starve to death. That's extreme, but, you know. <laughs> but but yeah, also kind of what it feels like. Yeah, that's what your, like, lizard brain goes to. You're like, I have to work, 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 so they can have all the opportunities and have a really happy childhood and be great. Yay, I'll never I see you. I already feel that way about my non-existent hypothetical future children. Yeah, I feel that way about your hypothetical non-existent rats. I'm like, are Thank they you fulfilled? so much. Yeah. Are they happy? I have to at least wait until after July when I'm done shooting and back from Montana to get rats. I don't know if it's going to happen oh. then, but it couldn't happen until then. Really? Oh, I'm so excited for you. I do think Get you it. some rats. Um, <laughs> see, I think much like a lot of the other topics that get brought up on the show, a lot of the stuff feels like on an individual level, it's like the responsibility of the individual to like get your shit together and like fix this thing for yourself. But I think a big pattern is that like, the problems are on a bigger, like, systemic yeah, level. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it, it shouldn't be, like, the job of a mother, a working mother, to have to choose between work and their family. Like, right. that's that's not her fault. That's society's fault yeah. for, for making that. And because there, there, there are other societies that have that balance built in a little bit better than mm -hmm. we do. It shouldn't be the job yeah. of a working father to have to choose either because exactly. usually with the father, there isn't a choice. It's one thing. Yeah. Right? But like, oh, your wife's pregnant? Cool. See you the, the minute after the baby's born back at work. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Gosh. And yet somehow there aren't, apparently there aren't enough men pushing for paternity leave because if I, I feel like women can push and push and push and they'll be like, okay, here's one more week, you silly girl. This is why though. I mean, it's exactly what we've talked about since the beginning about femininity being devalued. Yeah. And the idea of being neat, wanting to be home with your newborn child is considered like a sensitive feminine type thing to do or whatever. Um, and so men don't want to try and push for it because it's not uh, cool. Well, yeah. also well, they can lose their job for it. I mean, I had a friend who, my God, he had a so he had a baby and he he wanted to take just two and a half weeks off. That's nothing. That's nothing. Okay, no. that is nothing, guys. I'm literally about to do that. Yeah, for to, <laughs> yeah. to shoot something. So so he took he took those two and a half weeks off, which he was. Like his job, technically, he was allowed to do that, you know, and they, but when he came back, he found that they had completely changed his job and were trying to push him out as like a punishment for taking that time off. So fucked That's up. disgusting. And they set himself, they set him up for failure, you know, asking him to do things in a ridiculous short amount of time that he was like, there's no way anyone could do this. And eventually he did get fired for that. And I guarantee you that would not have happened had he not taken that paternity leave. That's crazy. Which is not, in the scheme of his job, two and a half weeks, in the scheme of any job, nothing happens in two and a half yeah. weeks. And it's also completely illegal for the company yeah, to for sure. do that. But in this industry, 
if you raise a stink and start a lawsuit, you risk never working in this town again. And so is it really worth it to then come at them and say what you did was illegal? I should have my job. That's why they literally had to have like a global revolution for women to stop getting sexually assaulted and harassed on sets, even though I'm sure it still happens. Oh, but yeah, for anything to even like remotely Mm -hmm. start to change, it had to literally be like on a global scale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why, like, laws need to exist. <laughs> it's because, like, when you leave people or companies or, biz- you know, an industry to its own devices, like, it has other priorities than, like, humanity does. Like, we're all trying mm-hmm. to yep. enjoy our lives and try to find a balance. And, and you know, industry and, you know, capitalism is not, there's no balance in the equation at all. It is one singular goal which is to make as much money as possible. And so anything that, you know, throws that off is quashed immediately. That's why our president is ruining everything. Exactly. Yeah. And that's but and that's another area where it's hard to find balance because you yeah. you want to fight that, you want to go to all the protests, mm-hmm. you want to do everything you can, but if you spend all of your time doing that, it can get so overwhelming and you become exhausted and yeah. the rest of your life starts to fall apart and it's so hard to find that balance between like taking a break when you need to but being there for the important things and standing up for what you believe yeah i think that that because i was recently talking with my mom about that um because she's just i mean you guys light a candle for my mom she's an immigration lawyer <laughs> And she she does like pro bono work for immigrants who are like trying to seek asylum or stay in the country or not have their children taken away or whatever. So shit is bad right now. Yeah. Um, and she just emailed us the other day just being like, why is everything so awful? What is happening? And it was like right as like several of those Supreme Court things were happening. Um, and then like literally hours later was when Kennedy, Kennedy resigned. Kennedy. And she was like, oh cool so now trump gets to appoint another person awesome i'm gonna go like live in a hole Mm -hmm. um and i i responded i was like so like at what point do we just move to canada like what like what is happening and she Um, i just got my british passport (laughs) (laughs) but she was literally like no we stay and we fight until we have to literally flee for our lives if our if our freedom or our lives are at stake But otherwise, we stay and we fight. And I was like, damn it, I'm not. And instantly, I was like, she's fighting so hard and I'm not fighting hard enough. And But she, in the same sentence, was like, you're already doing that with your podcast. And I was like, thank you. Because in my mind, I'm like, I know I I can and should be doing more. And I can and should be doing more. But I think this is already something. The writing that Julia does, I know for sure is something oh thank you um <laughs> we just have to get these made <laughs> but yeah but i mean like but, that um, that's part of the work too i guess is all i'm saying it, you don't have to necessarily be physically at every protest to be mm-hmm. doing something yes. uh especially if you are a creative person and you want to use that for good absolutely i would like to talk i feel like this is a good segue about because you write very interesting pieces that oh, often have a really great balance of an important message and straight up entertainment. <laughs> Thank you. And I would just like, I don't know, I'd just like to hear kind of about your process in putting those stories together and how you balance out the the sort of like cinematic, dramatic, exciting parts of your narratives with the kind of, with the messages that are really important that you want to include. Oh, well, I, um, I mean, for me, I think, 
the message is probably the most important part. And I think, oh man, I think so many uh, filmmakers and writers and artists say they don't think about the messages they're putting out there. They're purely thinking about entertainment or, oh, what's going to get the most attention, draw mm-hmm. the biggest crowds. And I, I understand that because we're all trying to make money. But at the same time, those messages that they're putting out can be so detrimental and damaging. And that's kind of how we got in this mess, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and we all need to be more aware with the messages we're putting out there. You know, I mean, there have been so many stories, ideas that I'm like, oh, that would be a really cool idea. But then once I start thinking it through, I'm like, that is not a great message. <laughs> and that's not a great moral for <laughs> people to be looking at. Because we don't realize how much that subconsciously seeps in and affects the way we view the world. Right. You know, and that one of the big things, diversity. Like, having a different different ethnic groups, different sexual preferences, LGBTQ community, like seeing them on screen would make such a huge difference because the reason people are so terrified of different races and genders and all people who are different from them is because they don't have the experience. They don't know these people. They don't know their stories. Underneath it all, we're all just people and we're all trying our best to get by. So if we can actually show more people, different people, then we can all collectively learn more about each other and stop being so fear-based. Sorry, that was a long time. (laughs) That was really good, though. That was really good. Yeah. I think that's also why you're so good at writing pieces that do have really profound messages in them, but also don't feel like, this is a movie about them important topic you know what I mean it definitely doesn't strike you as something that's like oh this is an issue based film you know well it's like I mean you can like you can have a transgender character that's not a prostitute or like a psychotic (laughs) killer wait what I know crazy right crazy (laughs) but maybe if we could start seeing them doing other things where like that's not actually what their character is about you know like they're yeah. a doctor or something right. or like, their character isn't about just them being transgender exactly. yeah where that's just not a the main focus. human being in a story <laughs> i think my crazy ex-girlfriend does exactly. that pretty well they have just humans of all types on the show just being human yeah, yeah. and no one's wearing a sign that's like i'm gay <laughs> i'm the token gay character yeah, yeah. it's yeah. uh boy that's tiresome yeah Although there is a song about an older man realizing that he's bi and he does this whole rock number about being bi curious. <laughs> it's really funny and I highly suggest you watch it. I, I definitely like it. have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh man. You guys. Um it's hard. What so Julia, I have more questions for you. <laughs> because I no, that was also so profound and eloquent. I'm just gonna make you talk more. Yep. <laughs> um so I know from knowing you um, that you have had n- n- less than ideal interactions with some uh, filmmakers who are male. <laughs> <laughs> so subtle, right? That is such a nice way of putting it. You had dudes in the industry be really shitty to you. Yes, I have. Um, and continue to. <laughs> oh, my God. So how do you navigate that balance? Because I know that for sure some days it must feel like, well, fuck everything i'm just gonna like i don't know get a houseboat and fucking leave oh Um, man yeah it is it's a tough one um and it honestly depends on 
the mood I'm in at that moment. Um, like, God, I've actually been having this situation at work lately, which has been very frustrating. Mm. Um, so I do these, we call them smack, smackers. It's an acting reference for the animators. I work at an animation studio. Um, she pretends to be creatures. <laughs> do. We have to act out every single character in every single scene so the animators know what to do. That's, That's awesome. awesome. It's right? a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, but recently, there have been some issues where... Uh, oh, <laughs> well, where, where the director just straight up like manhandles me. And it's very uncomfortable and not cool and it's, he's positioning your body in a oh like instead of saying oh can you stand over there just like grabs me or like like pushes me over and it's it's always very jarring and it always catches me off guard and does not make me feel great about myself um and you know I, when this first started happening i i had no idea what to do i was just so shocked and no one else that was there seemed to think that it was weird you know, everyone was just like, yeah, it's normal. Was he doing it to everyone? No, no, just to me. None of the guys, only to me, because I'm the only woman there. Um, yeah, and and so I, you know, I went to our HR department and I was like, uh, what do I do about this? And they were just like, um, you know, just uh, just ignore it. And I was like, well, I... <laughs> Classic What HR. a human resource. Yeah. Wow. I was like, wow, that's wonderful advice. I'll just ignore it when people move my body without my consent. Excellent. Um, and so finally I, you know, I went back to HR and I was like, look, ignoring it is clear, clearly not, not doing anything. So uh, what, what do we do here? And we had a long talk and it, it went well this time. And it finally got to the point that they were like, you should say something to them like we should and it, I'll come in with you and I will help you out and we will this is not cool we will stop this and I was like excellent yes okay I'm so empowered and I I went in to shoot smackers and I was so ready and I was just like waiting for him to yeah. like move me over and I knew exactly what I was gonna say and then it didn't happen. <laughs> Is it because the HR people were there? No. They just like, for some reason, it just didn't happen that day. And so I was like, okay, well, it's like then when next you time. bring your car to the mechanic and it doesn't make the sound anymore. Exactly. It's, it's like one of those moments. And so since that conversation where I got all empowered and was like, I'm going to say something, it hasn't happened, of course. Did they say something to him without your knowledge? Um, I'm pretty sure they haven't. I mean, either way, I'm glad it's not happening. I'm, I'm very glad it's not right. happening. But it's just an example of like, I like to think that I'm a lot more empowered than I used to be. And I like to think that I stand up for myself when I need to. But there are still those moments, especially in the workplace, yeah. where it's just difficult to. And it is awkward and it is uncomfortable. And especially being the only woman who works there, it's like yeah. I'm already an yeah. outsider and ostracized. And, and you can't like, be like, hey, girl, what? What is this weird? This is weird, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly. a perfect example of why it it can't all be left to the individual's responsibility. Yes. That is a systemic issue like that, because if you if you did stand up and say something to him, you could very likely lose your job. Yeah. And, and so now you're forced to make a decision. Is it worth it 
to me to stand by my principal or just like stand by my own personal like health and safety or keep my job and get paid. And that's just a false choice that you have to put up with. And can we also just touch on again that you had to go back a second time for some action to be taken? Because I wonder, clearly you're strong enough to have been like, that's not working. But Mm -hmm. I wonder how many people are like, okay, well, they said ignore it. So I tried that and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And and then just continue experiencing the negative behavior. Well, if you don't have anyone supporting you and backing you up, you can. it's very easy to feel like you're just imagining it. Oh, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's really not that big of a deal. And it just becomes, it normalizes it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And that makes it so much more difficult to come forward once it becomes normalized. And that also doesn't do anybody any favors in the rest of their life either. Because then that can cross over to your personal life and be like, oh, well, you know, he's doing this thing that I don't like. But like he said, it's fine. Like, I guess maybe I'm overreacting again. Oh. Just like HR said that. You know what I mean? Then Ray it becomes this thing. Yourself. Yeah, exactly. And then there was even, oh, my God, there was even this one day where like it was so extreme. And and he the guy even says, Oh, I guess I'm just manhandling you a bit today. And everyone just laughs. And it's like, so you, you you know, know. I'm like, you know what's happening and everyone knows and is okay with it. I'm the only person who's uncomfortable. Yeah, I I bet. Well, I bet there are other people who are uncomfortable too, but that, that was a moment where they're like, oh good. We can all laugh. Did you have to laugh along with them? Did you feel the pressure to laugh along with them? Um, I didn't laugh, but I, I plastered on a smile and was yeah. just like, mm. right, right. yeah, no, I think Alex is right. I feel like there's pro- like probably people were having the feelings about being like, e, this is not, ugh, yeah. why is he doing this? Like, and then I like he, he, he jokes about it and it's like, oh, okay, at least he knows he's doing it. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, you know, what well, also like releases their responsibility, <clears throat> sorry, to say anything or do anything because it's like. Oh, everybody's laughing. Okay, then we can write it off as it's a funny thing that happens. Exactly. Yeah, especially I think in this industry, there is a degree of like, oh, that's okay here. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is a place where like we don't have to worry about right. all those rules. Like, maybe if you were working in like corporate Olive Garden, yeah, got to worry about that. Oh yeah, um, then like for sure we wouldn't touch each other. We'd all be very, we'd be wearing business suits. And but like, but like here we're like we're like rolling around right. and we're like getting into it and touch we're each artists. Other. And exactly. so like it's cool Super here. Cash. And so yeah, I think it's kind of signaling to the people who are uncomfortable and don't know what to say that like don't worry about that. And it's like right. oh haha okay I guess that means that Julie is okay with it because we don't have to worry about it or something. Right. And Julie's like no I'm dying inside. Please help me. I'm like this is super. <laughs> awkward guys can we not do this (laughs) but i mean what would have probably been nice is if one of them instead of just being like haha i guess that's fine were to maybe come up to you and been like is that okay with you because that doesn't look okay oh god if one person had done that it would have made a huge difference right and then it would also be clear because if you were like oh it's fine we go way back he's like my uncle like don't even worry about it then they'd be like oh that's cool or if you were like you know what it makes me uncomfortable then like at least you've got an ally in that situation like Exactly. But when you feel like you're alone, it's it's so much harder Yeah, to stand up and say, this is really wrong, guys. You know? Yeah, and there's also like a weird power dynamic at play with you being the only woman. Oh, and if yeah. he doesn't manhandle anybody else, there there's also this like, well, Ju- if Julia got it right, then she wouldn't be manhandling her. Right. Like energy that's also happening. When you're not doing anything wrong, he's just changing your positioning. 
Yeah. So like, it's like, use your words, not yes. your hands. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which I think I'd just be fired because I think I would say that exact phrase. Because I say that at work a lot. Use that your words. was my prepared phrase that I was so excited to use. Really? Oh, <laughs> that's so good, though. That's so good. Thank you. Because it's Thank a little you. funny. Right? Because yeah. I was like, that's not... It's to the point. Mm-hmm. It gets the point across without being too mean. Because that's It's repeatable. Thing. So if he kept doing it, you could literally just be like, hey, use your words, not your hands. Yeah. But also, how messed up is it that I had to spend that much time thinking... How can I say this in a nice way? Right? Yeah, totally. That yeah. he won't be offended that I'm telling him that he's offending me. Like, that's some serious Ridiculous. mental hoops that a lot right. of women have to jump through on yeah. a daily basis. Oh, yeah. It, it's crazy to me that that HR, you know, they're in the position of like, I mean, they, they sort of want you to feel like they're here for you and they're here as a resource for, for the employees. But really, they're a resource yeah. for the company to not get sued. Right. Yeah. But even in the, if that's the case, they, they're still doing a bad job of <laughs> keeping that company safe because what they should be doing is nipping that issue in, a bu- in the bud. And they should be, you know, mitigating what is, poten- you know, them telling you to ignore it and just see if it gets worse basically is what that means well when it gets worse now it's an issue it's a like bigger, now it's a big issue right. for for them that you can't ignore anymore so it's just lazy it's just lazy and hopefully i mean i just keep thinking the more you talk about this story like like ho- hopefully the me too movement like one of the results is that you know companies start to realize that this type of shit especially perpetrated by men in the industry or in any industry is a liability and it's you know going to take not just themselves down but everybody else with them so like vet them better stop hiring these assholes like get rid of them when they are showing any signs of believe women the first time they say something exactly yeah don't just dismiss it yeah yeah i mean the thing i've noticed i mean not to offend our hr listeners out there but a lot of y'all are fucking lazy and don't want to rock the boat when your job is to fucking rock the boat before your company gets sued so like just rock that boat the first time right or at least deal with it in a tactful way that the employee isn't able to do like that's it's not actually you know the whole reason for that position to exist is that you can like inject yourself into the situation because that's literally your job like right. you're not going to rustle any fez- feathers by like talking to the boss yeah they're not gonna be like who are you to- oh you're it's exactly. literally your job <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah but yeah. i think this is this is why i get a little frustrated sometimes when i hear people talking about the me too movement like We've already won. We've accomplished everything. It's yeah. done now. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. Like, they're like, you, yeah, we, you just we've know about done it everything now. we can. Like, <laughs> right. we're there. It's all changed. And it's like, no, we still have a really long way to go. It's yeah. like, if you look at the, the men who have actually been affected by this and who have actually seen repercussions, it's less than like 0.1%. Yeah, my job <laughs> sure. is still out there working. Yeah. So like, get the fuck out of here. Yep. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. And I heard, I think I read or maybe I heard that, and I do sort of believe that it's going to get worse before it finally gets better. Oh yeah. The backlash is already yeah. started. Like we don't want to, we don't want to have, let's just not have women then. Fine. Yep. We don't, we don't want any bullshit issues. Like fuck. Or like, so 
think about the Jeffrey Tambor transparent situation. Mm-hmm. Apparently that mm-hmm. set is, I have a friend who worked on it, and that set is very, like, sexual, and they're making a lot of innuendo jokes, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, which nobody really seemed to have a problem with. It was, like, the physical aspects of those that Jeffrey was going through that really made it a problem. So, like, there's still a very gray area line, because you know someone on that set was like, <laughs> stop joking about my genitals yeah. right. before any of the physical stuff happened. But it's not okay to say that because if everyone's in on the joke, like you got to just go along with it. I just, I've always felt this way about comedy, but it's really not that hard. I mean, no, I take this back. Rewind. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of, of like offensive comedy. I'm just not uh, because it feels very easy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just not that interesting to me. Uh, it's not that hard to be funny and not offensive. Yeah. It sure isn't, Riley. You're right, Nicole. And that's how it's going to end this week, babies, because you know we had to go into part two. Uh, part two gets really dope. So tune in next week. Um, thank you to Julia Max for joining us. She's a true boss-ass bitch. She the best in the West. Uh, if you want to check out some of her work, you can go to juliamax.com or distortionmovie.org and follow us at Hags Podcast. Across all social medias. Have thoughts or feelings? Email us at hagspodcast at gmail.com. An extra special thanks to Alex Reeves and Point of Blue Studios for helping out, producing, and adding your beautiful voice that sounds a little bit like Seth Green, as always. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we love you. Okay, bye. Bye.